Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Like my wife said, my name's Prashan and it's my privilege to be here on team at Elevation Hills. Honestly, the best church in lockdown and out of lockdown. And it's my amazing privilege to bring episode three. I'm going to say episode because we're watching this online. Episode three of our series, How to Live, Living a Life with No Regrets. Now, if you've joined us today for just a quick fix as to how to live, let me just say, turn your devices off right now because this is not that series. This is a series that's going to encourage you how to live a life that you were created for, how to live a life of holiness and of obedience and really how to live a life of ultimate surrender. And, you know, if you heard Pastor Anna share last week, we're we're caught in the middle of the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah and what was happening in Jeremiah's times, it it was a scary book. It is a scary book because I read this book and I just see this this holy God and the judgment of God. and, And if we're reading along with each other right now, we'll see that Jeremiah was scribed by a man who kept hearing Jeremiah tell Israel to repent. It was a constant reminder from Jeremiah to Israel to repent from their sin because they were not living a life worth living. Now, if you know anything about this book, we see that Israel or God's holy people were just not living a life that God really enjoyed. And, And God's not messing around here. He's saying, turn from your sin or I'll hand you over to your enemies. And we're going to look today at Jeremiah 18, a chapter which, is off, which has often been preached in the church world. And you may have heard it. It's all about a potter and its clay. Um, however, midweek when I was preparing this message, I felt the Holy Spirit really put on my heart to change this message from what it was to what it is now and what you're going to hear today. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're driving and you've just got, you know, the Holy Spirit download something into your life and you just need to remember it. So you ask Siri to make a note in your phone. You know, hey Siri, make a note. This happened to me this week and I want to show you this note because uh, this is what Siri thought I was trying to say. Midweek, Siri said, change the fridge so that the main point is that we should live in a daily poster of submission to the potter who shaves our life and Richard with the ending as to why we do this is because we are his pet. We are beautiful, but we are, we are also purposeful. And as I'm saying this, my Siri off the side of the screen is trying to create a note. We know that Facebook, we know that Siri's listening, guys. Turn your devices off, except if you're watching the service right now. And hopefully we can get into today's word, which I hope is a lot clearer for you than my Siri notes are. Turn with me if you've got your Bible to Jeremiah 18 verses 1 to 10. It says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, 
Like the clay in the potter's hand, so, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I've spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to it. And if at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I, being God, will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I had intended to do to it. Hey, come on, let's pray. Father, we just pray that your spirit transcends this camera, transcends the screens of those listening and watching right now. Holy Spirit, we pray that you you start planting seeds in lives that start transforming lives so that we can all live in a daily posture of submission. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, have you ever met someone who while telling you a story, can't help but branching off into four or five different stories by the time they come to an end. Like you may have met someone and you're thinking, yeah, I remember meeting this person, walking away and being like, they know how to tell a story. Now, I'm fortunate enough to, to live with one. You know, you've, so you, you may have seen my wife Paige on the stage before, who's full of personality, full of life, loves to tell a story. And it's really interesting seeing both Paige and I in a room as we're both recounting the same story. You know, I'm very much of the uh, persuasion where my story goes from A to B. You know, here's what happened at the start, here's how it ended, and here's a couple of funny things that happened in the middle. Now, by the time I've finished my story, I listen into Paige recounting her side of the story, and she's still in her introduction. You know, she's saying, Uh, This is what I was wearing. You know, this is what the light on the water was reflecting to look like. These are what the clouds look like. I think I saw a dragon in the sky. Here's how much salt was on the chips I was eating. And I'm standing here going, babe, wrap it up. Like there's no need for this whole, you know, this whole story. You can just go from A to B. Just tell me what happened and tell me what happened at the end. But she loves painting a picture. And, And she calls it context. I call it unnecessary. And see, in this chapter, we see that God's speaking to Jeremiah at the start of this chapter in a similar way. He says, Jeremiah, go to the potter's house and there I will tell you. Now, I would be the worst Old Testament prophet because if God said that to me, I would reply the same way I replied a page to God. God, you're speaking to me now. Just tell me, like go from A to B. Why do you need me to go if you're already telling me what you need to tell me now? But the thing is, when we read, God wants Jeremiah to go to the potter's house because he wanted to reveal the context of his words to him. He wanted to show Jeremiah the bigger picture of what was going to happen to Israel if they did not turn away from their lifestyle. Now, as I said at the time, Israel or God's people were not living a life that was good. It was heavily shaped by the world around them. So they were found smack bang. Politically, they were found smack bang in the middle of an uprising of a new world superpower called Babylon. Now, Babylon was notorious at things like cultural indoctrination. They were notorious as uh, doing things such as mandating laws that may not have been Jewish law. And they were notorious for following other gods. 
Now, when I say those, it sounds strangely familiar, doesn't it? Like it almost sounds like it hits too close to home. It sounds a little bit like our world today. And if we keep reading, we can see that in this context, we almost see ourselves looking back at us. We see that the reaction of Israel in the middle of the chaos, where the world's going, is turning into chaos around them, instead of turning to God when they needed to the most, they turned to other things such as unholiness, uh, the worship of other gods and really trying to gratify their own flesh. And the more I read this, the more it makes me remember that what we are going, to today, uh, going through today in the world around us is not new. Like maybe we're going through something similar that Jeremiah was going through two and a half thousand years ago. And it makes me reflect that we live in a broken world that's been broken for essentially its existence. And, and it reflects that as humans, so often we revert to the worship of everything but the one true God. So the context of this word is really important for us right now because we're going to go on a journey together and see how the picture of this potter can relate to us today and really bring us comfort for what we're going through in today's day and age. But first, for us to understand the context of this picture, we have to understand a really interesting paradox in our faith. A paradox is this. It's a seemingly absurd or contradictory statement which when investigated may prove to be well-founded or true. And the paradox in this picture is this, that we believe in a completely sovereign God who has everything under His authority and in control. Yet, us as human beings have total free will to do anything that we choose to do. And here's what's interesting with this paradox, because if we believe in a, in a completely sovereign God, then we have to believe that everything, and I mean everything, that was happening back in Jeremiah's times with the Jews and Babylon, but also that's happening now with the global pandemic, with vaccination conversations and politics, has God smack bang in the middle of it, fully in control and totally authoritative. You know, John Piper says this, the risen and reigning King of Kings and Lord of Lords rules over this world and over His mission with absolute sovereignty. Nothing is outside His sovereign will. If He meets with resistance, He either allows it for His purposes or He overcomes it for His purposes. So all of a sudden within this astronomical universal sovereignty of God, when we zoom in to the nucleus, to the centre of it, we found ourselves humans, human beings who have total free will, who choose to do daily activities, who choose daily choices that seemingly affect our lives and the lives of those around us. And see, through this picture of the potter, God is trying to show Jeremiah this paradox. He's trying to show Jeremiah that he is the potter, all sovereign and all in control, and that his people are the clay being moulded constantly and taking form and taking shape. He's showing Jeremiah that even if the nations go to war and divide and conquer, even if the world tries to wipe out the people of God, even if the clay 
may try and take on its own form and yet gets spoiled, everything and everyone is still completely shaped by the sovereign God's hands. And I believe that God wants to show us the exact same picture today. I believe that God wants to take you into the potter's house so that you can take a step in and take a step back from your situation or your context and see the bigger picture that not just the nations, but your lives are completely shaped by the safe and sovereign hands of God. Don't let what you hear on the news, don't let the vaccination conversation, don't let the politics shape your life. Let the sovereign God who we believe is sovereign across the earth and the heavens shape your life and your life will be shaped. But here's the kicker. What you want God to do with your life and what He will do with it is completely up to you. Because the truth is, even with the sovereignty of God, in the gift of our free will, we have the opportunity to allow God to shape our life. So I wanna propose to you today that where you will see God work the most in your life so that you can live a life without regrets is in your response to a sovereign God. What is your response to God's sovereignty in a hard time? Here's what I think. I think that in this, in this brief moment that God takes Jeremiah to the potter's house, I think that God is showing Jeremiah that his power is released in the place where his sovereignty and our free will meet. His power is released at the point where his sovereignty and our free will intersect. Because when we choose to use our free will to really understand and choose the sovereignty of God, we relinquish our own power of our life and invite in his power. See, when we choose to use our free will to live a life of surrender, we invite the power of God into our situation and into our life to make sure that He shapes our world, to make sure He shapes our life to bring Him glory. However, on the flip side, when we choose to take control into our own hands and shape our own life, we can see that in this Scripture, God's power is still released, but it's to bring correction and it's to bring redirection. So think of it like this. The choices we make in our life, they don't shape our life. They allow God to use our life to shape the world. See, a potter can make a lump of clay into whatever shape he wants. He can also change the kind of vessel he's making if he thinks that's fit. You know, we believe in a God who has full artistic license over our life. And we have the opportunity to allow Him as a creative director to shape and mould our life to become something that can bring Him glory and be seen as beautiful. And I want you to forget that our God is a creative genius. Like forget Mozart, forget Picasso, forget even Kanye West. We believe that we have the ability to allow the God of the universe who spoke the world into existence, who hung the stars in their place to mould us into a masterpiece. See, the funny thing is though, how often 
do we, instead of allowing God to shape our lives, try and take control of our own situation to mould what we think is going to look like a masterpiece? Like if I can be transparent for a minute, when I learn and read about surrendering my life to God, my anxiety peaks. (laughs) Because if you're like me and you're a bit of a control freak, it's almost like we're letting go of the reins to everything we have. And if you're a control freak, you're probably sweating as I'm preaching. So stand up, shake it out, take a bit of a breath. It's going to be okay because the good news is this, is that surrendering your life to God is giving Him full control and full trust in Him. But the good news is we believe that the God who we trust with our life is the God who knew about our life before we were even born. He is the one we can trust with our life. Not even are we able to trust our own selves. You know, A.W. Tozer says this, if Jesus is not controlling all of me, the chances are He's not controlling any of me. So every day we have a choice. We have a choice to take our daily decisions, our relationships, our future plans and put them through a lens by asking a simple yet difficult question. Have I fully given this to God or am I holding on to a part of it still? And see, often it's a fine line as believers because we know God. So we think that our choices must be right. But it's interesting when we read this because we see Israel and Israel would have said the exact same thing. As we heard Pastor Anna share last week, they knew God, they would still worship in the temple. Yet as soon as they left the temple, they started worshipping false gods. In their everyday decisions, they did not surrender their decisions or their choices to the one God and yet try to gratify their flesh by pursuing what they thought was right. And we see God's sovereignty in this response to it in verse four. So let's just zone in on verse four quickly. It says that the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And this is due to the choices that the Israelites were making not to surrender their choices and decisions. And so he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter, not to the Israelites, but to the potter to do. You know, I remember year eight visual arts. If you remember year eight visual arts, let us know in the chat. But I remember that my one project was to make something out of clay and I chose a pot. Now, don't ask me why I chose a pot because pottery is a hard art form. I'm not making excuses for the, uh, I don't want to call it an artwork, for the piece of work that I created. But I want to draw attention to the subtleties and the intricacies of pottery. You know, when you are making something out of clay and as the clay moves, a little bit of pressure in the right place will give you an end product that looks elegant and looks beautiful and looks like something that you can buy at an art exhibition. However, a little bit of pressure in the wrong place will give you something that if you gave to your parents, they may donate it to the Salvation Army the next day. And I'm not angry if my parents donated my art form uh, to the Salvos the next day because it wasn't great. But what I can remember is I spent so long, I spent nearly the whole year 
trying to form this piece of art into the right shape. I remember just, and it wasn't for lack of trying. I remember just, you know, putting pressure in certain places and it would turn out uneven. So I'd have to break it down and rebuild it up. And I remember just wet clay everywhere but where it needed to be. And, you know, I was trying to rework the clay because the product I was making was not indicative or reflective of what the final product was meant to look like. And, you know, in this verse in Jeremiah 18.4, we see that God the potter is seen to rework the clay because it's spoiled. And it shows me it's so that He could help it become its true purpose. See, the truth is we were all created with a purpose. Just like these pots here, I've brought in some show and tell material. And I hope that every time you look at a clay pot, you remember this. But just like these pots here, they were all made with a purpose. They're all individually made. They're all unique and look totally different. Yet they're all made for their own purpose. They all had to go through the process of being shaped by the potter who knew what they'd look like and who knew what they'd be used for. And they all are represented here being different, yet being purposeful and being beautiful in their own right. See, in our Western mindset, we often separate the idea of beautiful and purposeful. See, we might look at this pot here and think that looks a bit rustic. It looks a bit rough around the edges. So it doesn't look like something I'm going to put on my shelf. But what I will do is I'll use it for cooking. I'll use it in the background and I'll use it to pour maybe some water out at the table. And we might look at this pot over here and think that looks a little bit nicer. And I do want to put that out for everyone to see. So I'm going to fill that with dirt, put some beautiful flowers in there and put it out on my centrepiece table to, for everyone to come around and marvel at. And we separate the idea of beautiful and purposeful. But the thing about God is when He's shaping the nations and when He's shaping your life, He doesn't separate you into being either beautiful or purposeful. He doesn't say, here's here's only a couple of people who I'm going to make up to be beautiful or here's only a couple of people I'm going to use for my purpose. No, He makes something that's both. He makes something that's both beautiful and purposeful. He makes something that's beautiful in that we are all created in His image and He makes something purposeful in that we were all created with our own true purpose and don't let lockdown steal that from you. You are still called to be purposeful and you are still called to be beautiful. And so, you know, we live in a world where we either believe in God or we're told that our purpose is to, be, is to be really strong believers in ourselves. You know, we live in a world where everyone and everything is telling us that your purpose is to take control of your own life, hashtag YOLO, or, or to, to, to believe and to come up and to, to really create your own truth. Because if it's true for you, then how can anyone else say it's false? And, you know, self-realisation and, and self-belief is not at all wrong, but I believe that one of the growing enemies in the Australian church is the idea of subjective truth and self-elevation. See, everything in our world around us tells us that we need to put ourselves and what we believe first. 
And this ideology is completely opposite of what Jesus came to to teach us, where we actually are servants, where the first are last and the last are first. So instead of surrendering our lives to God and instead of letting Him shape it and change it for His good, the world around us encourages us to take take responsibility, to take ownership of our own lives. So we have to rework and reshape it to follow our own hopes and our own desires and to create a life where we think it's good for us. But here's a friendly reminder. We weren't created by God to live our lives as God. Let me just let that sink in. We weren't created by God to live our lives as God. And you know, you can look at the world right now and you can look at everything that's going on in the world and think, what is going on? You can even look closer to home at the nation of Australia and think, what have we come to with everything that's happening around us? And honestly, we have an initial reaction where we feel like we need to stand up We feel like we need to take control of the situation and we feel like we need to do what we think is right without thinking about what God might be saying is right right now. And even to get a bit personal, how many times in our daily life we have thousands of decisions and choices to make in which we can either introduce God into these places or take control of them and in a roundabout way act as God. And in these moments, each one of us are faced with making one of two incredibly difficult choices. The first choice is this. It's seeing the mess around us and it's taking control of the situation ourselves in our own strength to try and mould our life and to try and create our life to be something that we think looks good so that we think, We can forecast our destiny or our future. And the second choice is this, it's seeing the mess around us and it's choosing to surrender all control to God the potter, who's completely safe and sovereign hands shape and reshape our life so that we can bring Him glory, even in the middle of a chaotic time where anything can happen to our lives. See, that's the surrender. That's the trust. And you know, option two, choice two, is not going to be comfortable. It's not even going to be easy, but I can guarantee you it is always, always the best choice. So let me leave you with this encouragement as we come to an end. It's in 2 Thessalonians 4, verses 7 to 9. And it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay, jars of clay, that's you and I, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. This is that whole conversation about subjective truth. He has the power. He knows what's good. So we hand it all back to Him and don't take it to us. Listen to this in verse 8. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. See, the potter has made you into a jar of clay with a purpose. Now you were made with a purpose and your purpose 
is revealed in your surrender. See, in the choice you make to daily surrender your life, that is where God will release His power into your life. That is where He will shape you so that you can become what you were purposed for, so that you can live a life with no regrets. And you know, I love this Scripture because it tells us that our purpose is to hold this treasure. The treasure is the Gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. How many know that that is the treasure the world needs right now? You are purposed and you are beautiful and you are able to hold this treasure if we just surrender our life to God on a daily basis. We are afflicted but not crushed, perplexed but not despaired, persecuted but not forsaken and struck down but not destroyed. Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank You that You give us the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can choose to surrender our lives daily to You. God, as Your Word said, I pray that we can repent daily when we don't get the opportunity to think about what You may be doing in this situation. And when we take control, Father, I pray that we just repent of that, of that doing. And we pray that for every decision we make, for every choice and every thought we have, God, I pray we put it through the lens. Does this give You all control? Because God, we trust You. If you're a believer and if you feel like, you know, that might be you where you've been taking matters into your own hands right now, uh, in a time where it is so easy to do with the uncertainty of lockdown and COVID and vaccinations. I understand, I get it. It is so hard not to take matters into our own hands. But if this is you and you believe in a God who is sovereign, I wanna pray with you and encourage you. So if this is you and you're sitting at home or wherever you are, I just want you to close your eyes and open your hands and receive this. Father, I pray. I pray for a, a peace. I pray for a trust that's supernatural so that when things get hard, God, we trust in Your sovereign process. We trust in Your safe hands, that they shape and mould us, even if things are going on around us. God, we just hand it all to You, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's pride, whether it's lack of trust and anxiety, God, we just hand it to You, God. And we leave it at the foot of the cross so that we can constantly come under your, your authority day in and day out. In Jesus' Name. Now still praying, if you haven't heard about God before, you might think that this is uh, all a bit confusing. And I, I wanna ask you a question. What is your purpose? You know, what is your purpose? I lived 10 years of my life purposeless. And I came to the question, what am I made for? What is my purpose? And you know, I believe that you, if you're watching this and you don't know God, I believe that you have the exact same purpose as I do. And that that purpose will be revealed to you by, His, by God's Spirit if you just let Him reveal it to you. So I wanna pray with you as well. And if you think that this is for you, I just want you to open your heart. I want you to close your eyes if you feel comfortable. But just let this prayer just wash over you and, and, and start the conversations. Father, I thank You that there are people watching who want to know the purpose that You have for them. Holy Spirit, will You just reveal to them right now? 
Make a real God, make it tangible. The questions they've been asking, Father, show them in your word where they can find the answers. Get their friends to reach out to them and, and have a supernatural encounter where it, it's just, it can't even be planned, Father. So I thank you, God, that there's people watching who want to know you. And Father, I pray that from today, the seed that's been planted in their heart to know more of you is just watered by the people around them, by your word and by what we hear as the message of the gospel is preached day in, day out from our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.